You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. I'm happy to introduce my guest today, Chad Bronstein. He's the founder of Philo and brings expertise gained during a career leading the sales and marketing teams of some of some of the largest businesses in advertising, media, and technology. His experience leading large-scale acquisitions, venture fundraising, strategic partnerships, and corporate exits has resulted in the scaling of several startups into national leaders. Under Chad's leadership, Philo's revolutionized marketing technology for highly regulated industries, allowing the most ambitious cannabis, CBD, and consumer brands to overcome the complexities of compliance at scale. Since founding the company in 2019, he's overseeing product development, marketing, capital raising, M&A deals, positioning Philo to solve the challenges of these fragmented, fragmented and inefficient markets. So the Philo Compliance Cloud is a suite of software and services that is built to overcome these complexities of highly regulated industries. And I think anyone in cannabis is feeling that right now. So welcome to the show, Chad. Thank you, Bethany. That, by the way, that was a great, uh, great overview. I should use that as our elevator pitch. That was, uh, that was great. <laughs> you betcha. Well, it's, it's, there's a lot going on and it's, it's great to have some, some, services and software out there, you know, to jump in and 
solve the problems of this industry, which is expanding at um, an incredible rate every day. But before we get into that momentum, let's slow things down and back it up a sec and, uh, you know, get to know you a little bit better and your background and other, other things you've done in your time before stepping into this cannabis world. Uh, you know, what other kinds of work did you do before before making the switch? Well, I've, I've always been an, uh, an entrepreneur and I jumped into, uh, a, as you mentioned, a, um, ad tech, uh, martech industry and prior starting to feel I was running one of the larger organizations. Um, and we work with, you know, brands all the time solving for something. It may not have been as, call it as highly regulated industry as cannabis, but, you know, long background working with beverage, Bab and Alf brands and CPG, mm. retail, et cetera. Um, during running uh, that ad tech company, I also started a dog walking company, believe it or not, where it's kind of like Wagon Rover in the early stages. Um, and it's a funny story that most of you don't know, but we were named top 15 innovative companies right ahead of Ease. This is right when cannabis was starting to even come out, but uh, talk about irony. But uh, yeah, so um, the, the, you know, just always had a passion for innovative um, projects and um, was at that company that I was running for about eight years and kind of just felt the need and um, to do something different. And we were getting, I was getting a lot of, uh, you know, demand and asked about cannabis quite a bit as Charles Webb was coming out and some of the bigger players. And I was like, wow, there's, there's an opportunity here. The space is still undefined in terms of the regulatory environment and the advertising um, and data side of things. So mm -hmm. I started to, you know, really conceptualize and uh, got together some of the, my old band of people that I worked with in the past. And uh, that's when Fio uh, got born. Gotcha. And, and you also mentioned working for uh, the, the company focusing on dog walking. Is that right? No, I started a company. I founded a company with another buddy in dog walking. We raised um, some money for it. And it was, it was a, you know, another kind of very, um, at the time, uh, very fast paced industry. Oh, sure. But also very tough industry. Um, I think I know. Yeah, I know lots of people who are in the dog walking and dog sitting uh, world out there. So, the, yeah, that's really cute. And, you know, we always want we're, we're always trying to figure out an excuse really to bring some puppies to NCIA events. So, you know, some kind of cannabis and canines or, you know, yeah. po pooches and puffs. I don't know. There's there's something there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was the thing is, I, why I came about is I was in a high rise at the time and, uh, you know, traveling four days a week and my wife was working and uh, spent a lot of money in that industry. And there really wasn't like a boutique or a real time service that at that time that came around. So that's kind of how me and my ex-partner started that business. And uh, then you started to deal with a lot of headaches, just like you would deal with running a retail cannabis company, different types of incidents that happened, but definitely a great experience and learning lesson and, uh, you know, always, like I said, trying to figure out innovative ways to um, think about situations as a consumer and how we can, uh, you know, evolve that. So that's, that's kind of how people got born too. Yeah. Yeah. So on the technology side, there's a lot of similarities, I guess, that were, that were, that made sense for you to move into the cannabis space with that. Um, did you have any hesitancy to step into 
a industry that is still, you know, federally illegal. Um, uh, you know, th th there's still a lot of mismatch regulations across the country, things like that. Was there any hesitance there? Um, you know, from a career perspective, I come, you know, at the time, again, I was, you know, just built a great, you know, built a great career for myself. And yeah, of course, you're thinking, is this uh, going to hurt that work you put into it? But I honestly didn't care. You know, I thought I really was, uh, I was really intrigued by the cannabis industry and like anything, Bethany, you, you know, we we're talking earlier before you joined, but you've done 245 podcasts, you've been in the industry since 16 or before that. It's like, you know, it's, it's fun. You know, you want to learn something new and, and, uh, and the challenge was, I thought worth the squeeze. And so, and then I had, you know, I went out and talked to other people about it and they're like, we want to do it. And, you know, I honestly think it was the best thing we've, you know, I've done, done in a while. It's been some of the most fun I've had and I've learned more than I could ever have asked for. But yeah, it was definitely, people thought I was a drug, you know, people that don't, I'm sure everyone you talk to, Mitch Kahn from Grassroots, anyone, when you first do it in your communities, they think you're, you know, you're a illegal drug dealer, right? They don't really know, people don't really know better. And then once you start to understand it and educate yourself, there's just so many aspects of the industry that help people. And it's very educational and learning, and, you know, I've learned so much, but yeah, it's been, Definitely nerve wracking when I started and very challenging, um, but I'm happy I did it. And, uh, you know, we've had, again, had some of the best times doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, present day, I mean, you're you're fully in with, with your company working in the cannabis industry there. So what's, what's, what's the landscape with your company and what do you look forward to um, as we move out of hopefully this post COVID world? Uh, we're getting there, um, you know, getting back to normal. Where's, wh how's the future looking? Is the future bright? Yeah, I mean, so uh, the future is great. I mean, we, uh, you know, we have a, when we, before we started, when COVID happened and we were sitting there as, you know, an entrepreneur, we were like, what's going to happen, right? And then when they, when they deemed COVID, I mean, uh, cannabis and essential, you know, we grew really fast from there. So um, I think pre-COVID, we had like, I don't know, like 67 people, 870 people. And now we're 170 people. So I, I believe the landscape and the future for Philo and many campus companies is um, exponentially strong. And uh, it's an exciting time. You know, we, we're growing. I think we have almost like 80 open headcounts right now. So by the end of the year, if we can fill that or by the Q1 of next year, we'll be above 250 people as a company. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, fast growth in this industry for sure, and and no shortage of puns as well. I'm sure yep. you've noticed. <laughs> for sure, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is a fast-growing industry, and you know, you and I have talked about it before. But you know, with New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut going wreck, you know, there's as more markets come on, more growth happens, right? And so that means companies like us. We continue to grow or any company in space that has a national presence and the markets come about, we, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Yes, absolutely. And, and we're going to talk more a bit about some of those states as well. There's a lot of excitement happening uh, on the East Coast in particular uh, these days. So we'll absolutely jump into that after we take a commercial break in a moment. And, you know, there's a lot of legislation moving in Congress as well. Um, we're, we're still, uh, you know, breaking down the Cannabis uh, Opportunity and Administration Act in our DC office there. And uh, we're, we're, 
continuing to build on the momentum of the MORE Act and Safe Banking Act and so on. So all these elements coming together to, to hopefully see uh, us getting out of uh, a, a kind of strange time and, and back to normal, whatever that means, or the new normal, which we have an opportunity to shape. So that's also exciting. <laughs> yeah, very exciting. I mean, again, that, that stuff also obviously is igniting the opportunity at hand and the growth. Totally. Even if it doesn't happen, when they talk about it, it still brings to light um, the industry and continues to make, you know, destigmatize it with more and more politicians talking about it and um, acknowledging what needs to be done. Yep. Our industry just continues to grow state by state at this stage. So off we go. And in the meantime, let's take our first commercial break and we'll come right back and take a deep dive into some of this with our guest, Chad Bronstein of Philo. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore with NCIA, and we're chatting with Chad Bronstein of Philo. And we were mentioning just before the break uh, some of those East Coast states. And your company's based in New York. You've got offices all over. Uh, but these new states, they're coming online in the East Coast. We've got New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, you mentioned. Um, these smaller states, uh, as opposed to like California or Michigan or even Colorado is a pretty large state. These Northeastern states are a different animal and they're moving toward cannabis legalization more recently. What are you seeing there through your lens? Uh, we're seeing, you know, the opportunity at hand is, you know, large in those even though there's maybe smaller states, it's still a, a huge opportunity for the local governments, obviously, and why I think we all know why as well the governments are more open to it is they, they need the cash flow, right? And I think for um, mm -hmm. for us, you know, we are a local hyper-regulatory solution. So we work with a lot of the law firms as well as MSOs to really work to understand, take out the states, but each state has, um, each local government has you know, jurisdictional um, control over what they want to do in their specific area. And so, you know, that's where we come in and work with a lot of the law firms and MSOs to really stay ahead of what's being spoken about, um, what ordinances, taxation, zoning that are happening in those governments. Um, but, you know, I would assume that with each day coming on, we'll see more and more of that and not just here, but I think Florida becomes rack soon, you know, a couple of years from now, as other states. But again, um, local governments still can dictate uh, what they want to accept in their specific um, suburbs or cities. So I think that's something that's important for listeners to know as well. Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely something we see as well. Um, good, good, bad, and otherwise as well. You know, I mean, 
initially we could say, uh, you know, San Francisco or Berkeley or cities like that local uh, legalized cannabis first before the whole state did. But, you know, that can also go the other way where an entire county or region will will say, no, no dispensaries are allowed to open here, right? <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, if you can look at, you mentioned Michigan, but you look at Michigan and Illinois as an example, but, you know, now, two years ago to when I, we started this industry, two and a half years ago to where it's at today, you, you know, you got a location, you got dispensaries popped up in every major suburban area in Illinois, same with Michigan. So if you use that as any sort of like indication of what could be in New York, for example, New York City, you look at Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts and Pretz of the world, you'll see that, use that as a, where cannabis will probably be in the next two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and let me quickly mention a couple of resources on NCI's website for our listeners. Uh, we do have our state policy map, uh, which is an interactive clickable map of the US that just provides a highlight overview of some of the regulations and licensing info. It is just a drop in the bucket compared to the detailed uh, regulatory information that one would need. But that's a great resource for uh, a bird's eye view of some of that information. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that quickly as well. And, and back to these little states in the East Coast, I'm, I'm, I actually am from Maryland um, and, you know, hung out in D.C. a bit. And Virginia is a little bit larger of a state, but Maryland's a teeny tiny state. Uh, it's interesting that each of these states have their own little world of laws and regulations. And, and there's something to say about the demographics of those customers in these states as well. Like, let's think about a California kind of typical customer, right? And then let's think about what a customer from some, like New York is going to be like. And that's just, you know, within the United States, we've got all these different cultures. So as they say, data is king. So this demographic data is super interesting that I'm interested to kind of pick apart as we get more info. Uh, are you seeing anything uh, so far from, from your world there? Yeah, I think, you know, that's our philos outside of the compliance side. We are one of the you know, larger data, um, you know, businesses in space. And, you know, that's why mainstream is so interested in Bethany, right? If you use Bethany, for example, Bethany on paper, I don't, you know, we wouldn't, I, I don't think it, you clearly state unless I see it on, uh, I'm just using an example, but that you're buying weed, right? You're spending $200 on weed a week or $150 on weed. And there's, there could be different reasons on why you buy that, right? It could be you have trouble sleeping, anxiety, whatever it may, uh, pain, whatever it may be, right? And we having that unique data set that we have in the space allows mainstream brands um, to really understand a different version of Bethany because Bethany can go to Kroger, for example, and, and buy specific products uh, weekly, but you they already know that about you. What do they not know about you? And I think that this identifies a new behavior for um, other industries to really define their their attributes of a consumer differently um, and learn more. And I think everyone at this point is learning something new about this industry that we never thought would be at this this growth um, stage. But you can't you can't deny that these consumers and the behaviors there's differentiation in the, the typical way they target a, a Bethany during um, normal whatever normal business hours or with normal products. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I think that also kind of underscores the, the idea that 
um, you know, whether we are aware of it or not, or, you know, whatever our opinions are about it or not about all the data uh, and data privacy, um, there's still a lot of customer data uh, that's being collected about us. And that's why those advertisements, you know, I, I, I can think about a unicorn pool floaty and suddenly Facebook is advertising it to me, right? Um, yeah. But there's something positive there as well. It's like, I actually am getting things most of the time, except for my whimsies, you know, things that I'm actually interested in looking at. So um, it's, 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 it's good overall. I think that they know that I like fruit gummies that help me, you, you know, you called it right. I, I need it for anxiety, sleep, and pain. It's like, it's like you have my demographic profile right in front of you. Do you? <laughs> you know what though? But that, that's back to our early part of our conversation, which is you and I, now for you and me, it's like our version of English. But the people that don't know that people just think when you come into cannabis, they're stoners, right? Uh, and that's, or just other aspects to like, the negative side of it, um, people would think, but like, yeah, like there's so many different behaviors of why you do this versus maybe taking ibuprofen or something else for your pain or taking mm -hmm. a, um, taking a, you know, ambient, ambient for your sleep, whatever. This is a new way that's natural. And so these, these attributes, again, they wouldn't be defined um, unless they knew this typical set. And one thing you mentioned too, from a privacy perspective, all data that we, that people at least collects um, is opt-in, opt-out, CCPA compliant, et cetera, that have to follow all the consumer protection acts, right? So mm -hmm. the data is, you know, data, most people that are in the data business have to follow those protocols to make sure that, you know, Bethany wants to be targeted versus not wants to be targeted. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and these marketing channels, you know, I, I, I had a, a a gentleman from the Telephone Consumer Protection Act on, on our show a couple months ago as well, because it came up, uh, you know, cannabis has its own marketing challenges as well. Uh, so getting new customers is kind of challenging on, on a above board level for the cannabis industry, aside from, you know, word of mouth or whatever's in your neighborhood. So, um, for, you know, in, in California, there's a talk about billboard bans when it comes to digital media, you know, Facebook and Google still are pretty much effectively banning cannabis advertisers as well, people getting Instagram accounts muted or what have you. So aside from, you know, all that, there's, there's trends and there's interesting avenues that these cannabis companies are, are taking now to sort of work around that to get their names out there uh, what are you seeing there? Um, you know, when I would say a while ago, we would have faced those challenges, but back to like the pedigree of the team of Philo, you know, across the board, you know, I'm at least on my, on my, my chief of data compliance, um, is Nicole Cosby. She ran Publicis globally. Um, Jessica, when ran the publisher business of Publicis, you know, many other people on the team, um, you know, we have a compliance software business, right? An illegal software business. So we, we, we can get publishers and mainstream called players to be comfortable with our protocols and what we've done um, as a compliance business to feel comfortable with accepting cannabis advertising as well as CBD advertising. So we've given, I believe, um, and you can talk to customers on this, but we've given a lot of the bigger MSOs in the space and smaller brands in the space an opportunity to advertise the same way as a mainstream brand would, but that took time. That didn't happen overnight. That took the past, call it 
year and change to really get that into place. But um, I feel like, you know, we're going to see it. There's still limitations. There's still struggles. But because we are a compliance software business that focuses on um, hyper-local regulation, we usually work with the publishers or the brands to make sure they're set up for success and that they're not struggling within those confines. Yeah. 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 In the meantime, you know, it's interesting what companies like Facebook choose, choose to block and ban and not block and ban, isn't it? But so, so about yeah. Facebook, believe it or not, like back when I, again, back in my last company, you know, we, we were one of the largest companies on, you know, and Jeff Ragman is our chief commercial officer, founded a company called Buddy Media which is the, one of the first API platforms on Facebook, they will eventually change. When Liquor struggled to get on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest in the beginning because of their own specific limitations, but the larger, can, and we all know this, the larger cannabis becomes, and mark my words here, the larger cannabis becomes, the more money that they throw at the social media platforms, the, longer, the faster mm-hmm. they move to set the proper foundation and accept cannabis advertising. It will happen. They ju- it just, everything is five years behind on their cho- choice. And it took, again, a long time for the Bev and Alf brands to get on the Pinterest, for example. They're on it yeah. now, but it took a long time. So it's going to happen. It's just, yes. it, it comes, it, everything they do is dictated upon spend. They, they, that's what happens, right? So yeah. more spend, more power, the, the ability they will to shift to allow it. We're getting there. All right, let's take our last commercial break and come right back and wrap up our chat with Chad Bronstein of Philo. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're chatting with Chad Bronstein from Philo. And, you know, we're, I quickly, I want to think about the immediate future here, the next few months. Um, we get to travel to our trade shows starting in September, and we're going to get back on track of talking about all the hottest topics, all the most important emerging issues and emerging markets and just bringing together uh, the NCIA uh, community and thought leadership at these trade shows. So um, we will be in Detroit for our Midwest Cannabis Business Conference in September, on September 22nd and 23rd. Uh, And then we're going to head close to you, Chad, to the East Coast. We'll be in Baltimore. 
uh, I get to go back to Maryland. Uh, so Baltimore will be there December 7th and 8th uh, for our Eastern Cannabis Business Conference. And then a week later, we're going to the other side of the country for San Francisco. Uh, we'll, we'll be in San Francisco for the seventh annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. Uh, so NCIA, the whole team here, we're excited to get back to the expo floor and seeing our members in person and heading on, uh, you know, some compliance trends and regulatory trends, much like what we've been discussing in this show. And um, you know, Delta eight is, is a topic that's been uh, brought up quite a bit lately. And I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And we did a great webinar uh, here recently at NCIA, but I'm hoping to pop into one of the panels uh, and actually listen and, and hear what's going on. Um, Delta eight is, is this new minor cannabinoid that's emerging. Have you heard about that? Yeah. And, uh, um, Amanda Oshawas, who's the founder of Canaregs, oh yeah, um, and who's on our uh, who's on our leadership team, uh, she just did a whole thing on Delta Eight. So, um, I, as a follow up, Bethany, I can send you what she did. But yeah, there's a we're we're constantly are, we're getting a lot of inbound from clients, especially in um, in our reg text platform, to really kind of look and watch for Delta Delta Eight and how we set up clients properly for that. So uh, yeah, mm -hmm. Delta Eight's it's it's been an ongoing it's actually been i've heard about that day for a while um prior to this but uh prior to this coming up so hot recently but uh yeah it's a hot topic and more and more people are looking on the definitions of that and the regulatory landscape uh, on that especially to see if they can even from a transporting perspective how do you transport it differently etc so there's a lot of things that are happening yeah, that's great. Um, yep, I know Amanda very well. She used to live in Denver, and then then she moved she moved away. But um, yeah, she's a longtime NCIA member and another face. I'm really looking forward to seeing at our trade shows this fall. Uh, is is are you sending your team to any of those conferences, Chad, or will we see? Yeah, I think, I think Amanda. You'll see. Amanda's been out and about. I've been out and about. So our team's starting to get, we're, we're, we're pretty active now. Um, and then we're also going to be out at MJ BizCon as well. So yeah, we're going to, you'll see us at pretty much, hopefully every trade show. Oh gosh. It's, it's exciting. I think I still want to keep a little bit of social distance, generally speaking. And I think I'm still going to keep carrying like the hand sanitizer wipes and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I think some some precautions are um, reasonable to continue for sure, um, and ho hopefully uh, it's hopefully it's a really great time for people to like reconverge and share all this knowledge that that we've gained because I think as I always mention the cannabis industry moves as fast as dog years. Uh, that's what we say. Uh, so one year in cannabis is like seven years in any other industry. Does that, does that vibe for you as well? Oh, oh yeah. Trust, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I feel like I've been in cannabis for 20 years. It's been, uh, <laughs> it's been on two and a half. I feel so, 800 years old sometimes. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's pretty, but it's, you know, again, like it's, I feel like it's just such a, you know, one day, you, you know, you get to say you're at the forefront of something special and uh, you've been at it for a while. Right. So it's um, definitely, I'm excited specifically to go back to trade shows. When I first started in this industry, that's kind of really where people started to build this brand recognition, right? All mm -hmm. different conferences. Um, so 
I, I think that's what cannabis was known for, right? It was that's what people networked around and communicated. So I'm excited for that to come back to it. Fantastic. Well, we've run out of time today. I really appreciate you taking time to join us. Uh, Philo, uh, your website is hellofilo.com. Is that right? That is correct. Great. And that's F-Y-L-L-O, Philo Compliance Cloud. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, thank you for your time today. I look forward to running into you and your team at the trade shows this fall. And hopefully I'll have a podcast studio situation happening again. I think, I think that's the plan. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Well, Bethany, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed my time on the show and uh, definitely looking forward to meeting you in person. Absolutely. Yeah. So everyone head to our website, thecannabisindustry.org and find out more about the trade shows and, and more. All right. Thanks, everyone, again, for tuning into another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.